It's the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm not talking about Christmas season. I'm, of course, talking about the WPIAL football playoffs. It is finally here, and tonight we get started in our journey to either Acrisure Stadium or Norwin High School. Hi, everybody. This is Brandon Rossi for the Whippy Whip Around on Pittsburgh Sports Now. And I know that there's just one episode this week. We didn't do the recap episode from week nine, and I did that for a reason. And the fact is, everything that happened in the regular season, it's everyone starting over. Um, the teams that made it in, everyone is zero and zero. In this episode, we'll take a look at our teams of the week, our players of the week, as per usual. And before we get to the first round preview, I'm going to take a look at who I will think is going to win each classification. Um, of course, the playoffs start tonight. A lot can happen, so I'm sure I'll be wrong on at least a couple of them, but this is uh, where I think. So firstly, starting with our teams of the week. As always, we start in Class 1A and work our way up. Our Class 1A team of the week is Greensburg Central Catholic. After defeating Leechburg 48-27 to to establish the Centurions as the top seed out of the conference, um, despite Leechburg playing without Braylon Lovelace, um, Greensburg Central Catholic handled Leechburg pretty easily despite the Blue Devils getting out to an early lead. GCC rushed for over 350 yards, and for the game, they had two 100-yard rushers. Dejon Craggett at 162, and Amari Mack had 112 on just three carries. Passing-wise, Tyree Turner, he threw for 156 yards and three touchdowns on just six completed passes and eight attempts. Defensively, the pass defense really stood out to me, uh, holding Leechburg quarterback Jaden Floyd to just three completed passes and two interceptions. And that was a big reason why Leechburg couldn't really get anything going offensively despite Floyd rushing for two touchdowns and GCC clinching the Eastern Conference with the 48-27 to win. Class 2A team of the week is Beaver Falls. And Beaver Falls jumps up in my top five rankings, which, spoiler alert, we're not talking about our top five rankings for the remainder of the WPIAL football season because, once again, it doesn't really matter where you stand in the top five when it comes to the playoff rankings. Um, all that matters is the game ahead of you. But Beaver Falls last week defeated Western Beaver 42-8, to and the Tigers got out to a quick start leading 22-8 after one quarter, 30-8 at halftime, and the Tigers just breezed to an easy Midwestern Conference win over the Golden Beavers, who were locked in a three-way tie for third with Riverside and Mohawk. Class 3A Team of the Week is Bell Vernon. They are now my number one team in Class 3A after destroying Elizabeth Ford 48-14 to and the biggest reason why is going to be talked about in just a couple minutes. Our Class 4A Team of the Week. I kind of jumped back and forth between Aliquippa and Thomas Jefferson. Um, Aliquippa is my new number one in 4A. But to me, that game was just to decide who the number one seed was going to be against Central Valley. Thomas Jefferson is my Team of the Week this week. And the reason being... They shook up the entire landscape of the WPIAL playoffs. Um, and with that win over McKeesport, the Jaguars are the team that get the bye. And if you can make the argument that if McKeesport pulls it out, the Tigers led at half, 10-6. to But if McKeesport won that game, there would be a heavy argument that McKeesport would be as high as the number two seed. I would say they would get the two seed over Central Valley. Um, just for the simple fact that if McKeesport won, then the Tigers would be undefeated, and thus the top two undefeated teams would be one and two. But nonetheless, uh, McKeesport drops down to five. Thomas Jefferson now swoops in, gets the bye, and is now the three seed in the Class 4A playoffs. Thomas Jefferson, at least in Class 4A, I don't think there's any team right now in Class 4A playing better football than the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars, and it comes at a perfect time. 
for Coach Bill Chirpak and company. In that game, Brody Evans threw for 180 yards. Sean Sullivan caught four passes for 143 yards and both the passing touchdowns. And defensively, TJ forced three fumbles and a block punt courtesy of Wisconsin recruit Jordan Mayer. And Mayer is someone that we haven't really talked much about, but he's got the size, he's got the speed um, to combat anybody in the WPIL and in the state of Pennsylvania. And he'll have Thomas Jefferson in the mix when we get down to the end game of the 4A playoffs. Our Class 5A Team of the Week is Penn Trafford after, well, with the backs against the wall for the Warriors, they got a huge overtime win against Franklin Regional, 28-21, to get into the playoffs in what was a defensive game. It was about as even as you can get. Uh, by my count, Penn Trafford only outgained Franklin Regional by four yards. I had Penn Trafford at 278, Franklin Regional at 274. Three Warriors rushed for 62 or more yards. And it was about as even as you can get. And in the end, Penn Trafford, more to play for, had nothing to lose, and uh, got the win uh, against Franklin Regional. And the Warriors are in the playoffs. And our Class 6A team of the week, again, another team with the backs against the wall, much like most of the teams in the bottom half of 6A, it's Mount Lebanon. Uh, the Blue Devils defeated Cannon Max, shut them out 31-0 to get into the playoffs. And with NA's win over Seneca Valley, the Raiders, who were uh, a heavy favorite to get into the 6A playoffs, were eliminated from playoff contention. Mount Lebanon in, against Cannon Mag, they started very fast, 14-0 lead right at the gate, and never really looked back. Now, Cannon Mag was playing without Mike Evans. They had Ben Urso taking snaps under quarterback for Kanemak, and Lebo took advantage, picking him off three times. And for the Blue Devils, David Shields threw for 140 yards. Mike Byersdorf, 104 yards receiving as well on just three catches. Mount Lebanon, your 6'8 team of the week. Now let's take a look at our players of the week. Firstly, in Class 1A, our player of the week. This one is pretty obvious. It is the leading rusher from Week 9. It is Fort Cherry's Matt Sig. He ran for an astonishing 363 yards and six touchdowns in the 48-34 win at Burgettstown. And watch the film on him before, before I recorded this. And the one word I would use to describe Sig's running ability is slippery. And by that I mean it seems like, um, yes, he's he's fast, but... He's very hard to bring down. He kind of wiggles past um, all the defenders. And um, in Class 1A, if you don't have your mechanics down, you're going to be in trouble. And Sig was able to take advantage. Now, Sig is the first ever freshman in WPIL history to be a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard passer. On the season, he's ran for just over 1,500 yards, and on the season, he's thrown for 1,039 yards. Our Class 2A Player of the Week is Steel Valley's Cruz Brookins. He ran for 294 yards in a 28-0 shutout win over Sarah Catholic, which clinched the section outright and uh, also had an interception defensively. Brookins might be the most dynamic player in Class 2A. Um, he can do a little bit of everything, and uh, it's hard not to see him as potentially the MVP for Class 2A as a whole, not just in the WPIL, but nigh the state of Pennsylvania. Speaking of MVPs in the state of Pennsylvania, our 3A Player of the Week, I don't know how you can't go with Quentin Martin as your 3A Player of the Week and potentially Player of the Year in the state of Pennsylvania in 3A. Martin scored five touchdowns and ran for 174 yards in the 48-14 win, which won the Interstate Conference over Elizabeth Fullward. Now, Quentin Martin has had stat lines like this all season long, but he came out in a big way and led Bell Vernon to that uh, conference-winning victory over Elizabeth Fullward. Has he faced better defenses? Yes. McKeesport's defense is better. Penn Trafford's defense is better. Thomas Jefferson's is playing better right now. Um, but Quentin Martin 
when you're able to gash one of the top teams like that, it's hard to ignore that, regardless of class. Our 4A Player of the Week comes from the Game of the Year, at least in terms of rankings. It was Aliquippa's Donovan Walker. Um, he was, I've seen comparisons to Darrell Rivas, which is lofty, lofty uh, comparisons. But look at the stat line that Donovan Walker had. He had five catches for 141 yards and also two picks. And he scored two receiving touchdowns. He wasn't the sole reason, but he was one of the main reasons why Aliquippa was able to lock up the number one seed in the Parkway Conference uh, with that 35-24 win against Central Valley. Our 5A Player of the Week comes from a team that isn't in the playoffs, but he went out this season with a bang, that being Keegan Smetanka. He led the WPIL this past week, 359 passing yards, as Shaler rolled over Fox Chapel, 55-25. to And our 6A Player of the Week is Peyton Wainer from Central Catholic. Yes, he got the award again. Um, but he outdueled one of the best quarterbacks in the WPIL, Brad Birch, as Wainer threw for 245 yards and a 27-14 win over Gateway. Now let's take a look at my personal picks for each classification. We'll break down each bracket, um, and we'll go into who I think is going to win each class. So firstly, in Class 1A, um, the number one seed, Bishop Canavan, and the number two seed, Laurel. Now, this is the only bracket in um, in the WPIAL that does not have a first-round bye. All 16 teams will play at least one game, um, at least in the first round. Winner has to play four games to get into the championship game. Are there any surprises in this bracket? I would say not really. Um, you could make the argument about Clareton being um, a number nine seed as the Bears finished second in the Eastern Conference. Here's the thing. In the Eastern Conference, I think the reason why Clareton ended up with the nine seed is because they lost the two teams that were the fourth place teams out of their conference, that being Our Lady of the Sacred Heart and Rochester. And yeah, even though Our Lady of the Sacred Heart technically finished in second place in the Black Hills Conference, they were the fourth place team, um, at least in terms of that that the odd team out in that three-way tie. Fort Cherry got the six, Burgerstown the seven, Ulsh the eight. And I would say that if there wasn't a three-way tie, then yeah, Clareton would have a case to get a um, home playoff game. But realistically... Um, that, that three-way tie hurt, and I think the, the committee looked at the losses um, that Clareton suffered early on in the season, and they decided that the Bears were a number nine seed. Um, but in terms of the top four, Canavan one, Laurel two, Greensburg Central Catholic is three, and Mapletown is four. I would say I would agree with that in terms of the, um, the rankings, but Part of me is a little bit surprised um, that Clareton is playing on the road at Olsh. Well, technically at Moon, but Olsh plays their home games at Moon anyway. But Southside's a five seed, which is a second-place team. And then you have that three-way tie for second in the Black Hills Conference between Fort Cherry, Burgettstown, and Olsh. And plus, Our Lady of the Sacred Heart last year was in the WPIL championship game. So that, I would say, had to play at least a little bit of a factor. Um, and considering that Olsh has um, a lot of pieces back from that from that runner-up team last season. But other than that, not really too many surprises in Class 1A. Now, in terms of my prediction, I'm going Bishop Canavan to win Class 1A. I'm not picking the runner-up. But um, Bishop Canavan, I would say, is the the odds-on favorite, the heavy favorite right now in Class 1A. I don't think there's really many other teams playing as well as Bishop Canavan, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Two touchdowns allowed since Week 4. Um, that speaks for itself, I would say. Class 2A 
brackets. Steel Valley and Beaver Falls get the buys. Still Rocks and Ashanic round out the top four. Personally, I am a little bit surprised that Beaver Falls is the two and Still Rocks is the three. It, at least for my bracket, I would have them flip-flopped. But Beaver Falls does have one loss in the season. That was to a 3A team in Beaver. Still Rocks gave Steel Valley easily its biggest test, that being a 27-24 defeat in Week 1. And then the Vikings losing to Avonworth, who's a top-four seed in Class 3A. But again, Beaver Falls was in the championship game last season, losing to Sarah Catholic. So much like the argument you can make with Our Lady of the Sacred Heart getting a home playoff game over Clareton, um, I would say that reigns true in Class 2A. Obviously, Steel Valley, the number one seed, only undefeated team in Class 2A. I don't think there's really any doubt about that. Now, as for predictions, um, I've said it throughout the year, and they were coming into the season a favorite, but not the heavy favorite to win Class 2A. Now this year, now that the season has transpired, I don't see how anyone could not pick this team to win Class 2A. My prediction is Steel Valley to win Class 2A. Um, this team gives me a lot of vibes similar to the 2016 team that Mercy ruled everybody. Um, that being with Paris Ford, Dwayne Murray, Ryan Harper, um, just to name kind of the big ones in that Steel Valley team from 2016. One of the best teams in WPIL history. The first team to mercy roll every opponent since Jeanette did it in 2007 with a little-known prospect named Terrell Pryor. But, um, yeah, I think this is Steel Valley's conference to win at this point. Class 3A brackets, your top four get buys. It's Bell Vernon the one, Avonworth the two, Elizabeth Ford the three, and Freeport the four. Um, this one, I I don't have any complaints about this one at all. I think this is, um, I think this, the way that it worked out here, I think it worked out pretty well. And um, obviously, Bell Vernon and Avonworth, I had them um, flip-flopped around throughout the season as my number one team in Class 3A. And I do think, at least for now, they're the top two teams. But don't sleep on Elizabeth Forward. Um, EF, despite finishing second in the conference behind Bell Vernon, um, EF can very certainly um, get to the championship game and potentially upset Bell Vernon. As for Freeport, yeah, they were section champions and obviously deserving of the bye there. Only one loss on the season, that coming to Class 4A Armstrong. So Freeport, um, when you look at Belvern, Avonworth, EF, I think it's pretty safe to say those are the top three by far. And uh, Freeport, I would say, is the number four. So pretty, pretty much worked out the way I thought it would there. My 3A pick, um, I was high on Avonworth all year long. But I'm sticking with Bell Vernon to win Class 3A. Um, I think Quentin Martin is too much. I think that junior class is too much for anyone to handle right now. And Bell Vernon will finally snatch that golden brass that it's been chasing for years and gets the 3A championship. Class 4A, this one is where it gets complicated. Your top four seeds, Aliquippa 1, Central Valley 2, Thomas Jefferson 3, and Armstrong four. Top four seeds, I would say the number one and the number four um, would be obvious. I said that, and I think everyone in the Whippeals said that whoever won Aliquippa Central Valley is the number one seed. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I personally had Central Valley three since they lost to Aliquippa, but that was only if McKeesport won against Thomas Jefferson. They did not. And thus, Thomas Jefferson is the top seed coming out of the conference. And considering the Jaguars haven't had the same dominance that we've been accustomed to throughout the years, it's kind of surprising to see them as a three seed, but at the same time, it's not. Um, ever since the loss to Laurel Highlands, they have dominated the competition. It's only allowed 20 points and a total of two touchdowns um, since week six. Ten points to Trinity, ten points to McKeesport. And TJ, much like I said with uh, with Bishop Canavan, and much like I will say with the argument of Pine Richland, um, 
I don't think anyone in 4A is playing better football than Thomas Jefferson. And uh, the Jaguars, they earned it. They got the three seed. And like I said, if McKeesport won, they'd probably be the two. But since they didn't, I don't think there was any other scenario where you couldn't have um, Central Valley as the three behind Thomas Jefferson. So um, at least in terms of the top four, there you go. Um, Everything else pretty much played out like I expected. At least everyone outside of the top four. Um, I actually did a prediction um, after the games on Friday night for 4A specifically just because I thought it was the most intriguing, and it pretty much played out exactly like I thought it would. Now, for my prediction for Class 4A, um, your heavy favorites in this this class are Aliquippa and Central Valley. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Am I saying that that's going to be the championship game? Not necessarily. There's a lot of different factors um, that can come into play. But at least for the who's going to be the champion, I'm sticking with Aliquippa. Um, the Quips are also playing their best ball. Um, it kind of started with that 54-3 drubbing of Blackhawk, and the Quips have been nearly unstoppable ever since, um, quite frankly, a little bit of a lull with the three-point win over West Allegheny, the 35-point win over Ambridge, but there were so many penalties in that game that kind of put the score, um, made the score more closer than it actually was. And Aliquippa is getting really hot at the right time, and uh, the Quips, I've I've learned this several times in the past. I learned it last year because I picked Belvernon to to beat Aliquippa in the championship game last year. You do not bet against Aliquippa in the in the WPIL playoffs. The Quips have been in the championship game every single year since I was in elementary school. Just some food for thought, and uh, I think that streak continues. And the Quips win Class Four A yet again. Class 5A, this is an eight-team bracket, and your top four, Bethel Park, Pine Richland, Franklin Regional, and Gateway. Bethel Park being number one is pretty obvious. Uh, only nine and one team in Class 5A, second best record, eight and two, that being Upper St. Clair, who's second place, so you kind of got to go with whoever has the best record out of the section champions, Pine Richland and Gateway are 7-3. Franklin Regional only played nine games. Um, so Bethel Park, the one, and obviously Pine Richland. And, well, Franklin Regional had the head-to-head over Gateway, and that kind of worked out too because they split the section championship. And since Franklin Regional won the game against Gateway early on in the year to, win this, to, to get the top seed out of that conference, um, the Panthers are the three seed. Top four pretty much played out exactly as it probably should have. Um, Like I said, Pine Richland playing its best football by far um, ever since that slow start, losing three of the first four games, have rattled off six straight, and at least right now, um, it's not so much what you've done in the past rather than how you're playing now. I think that's the key. And right now, no one is playing hotter than Pine Richland. And in Class 5A, I am picking the Rams to win Class 5A in what will surely be an unpredictable 5A bracket. Class 6A, well, this one was the least dramatic. Um, Pretty obvious. One, North Allegheny. Two, Mount Lebanon. Three, Central Catholic. Four, Ken and Mack. Um, I'm not going to pick a winner for this because there's only two games in the semifinals and those games get played next week. So um, we'll save the 6A predictions for next week whenever we preview the quarterfinals slash semifinal round. All right, so now we have finally made it to our first round predictions. And... uh, well, again, we start in Class 1A, where we have eight first-round matchups, the 16 teams going at it. Um, let's get the fairly obvious ones out of the way first. Bishop Canavan versus Jeanette. I think Bishop Canavan rolls in this one. Um, and 
on the opposite side, Laurel and Carmichael's. I am not picking a winner because I am on the call for this one. This I'm calling this for greensports.net and the Trib Live High School Sports Network. Um, so looking forward to getting out there and seeing how um, both teams combat. I will say it's a contrast of styles. Laurel more of a ground-and-pound team. Carmichael's an aerial show. Alec Anderson and Tyler Richmond season Carmichael's record holders in passing yards, receptions, and receiving yards, respectively. And Landon Smith has filled in very nicely for Luke McCoy in that primary running back position for Laurel. So excited to see that contrast in styles and see how uh, they mesh together. The other games, firstly, the 8 and 9, Our Lady of the Sacred Heart versus the 9-seed Clareton. Um... Not going to be as in-depth because we do have how many games to look over. But um, our Lady of Sacred Heart, at least this week. They do have Nehemiah Azim back. That's huge for the Our Lady of the Sacred Heart passing game and the offense as a whole against a Clareton team that, again, is not really what it was, but still a second-place team in the Eastern Conference um, between these two teams, I think Olsh has the edge, and I think the Chargers will get the win over the Bears at Moon High School. Mapletown, the four versus Leechburg, the 13. And um, this one is, I think, one of the most intriguing matchups, and here's why. The Tri-County South has one of the least successful playoff records in the last 15 years and I'm not saying that as an opinion I'm saying that as a concrete fact I can't remember the last time a Tri-County South team made the WPIL championship game you know what I think it was the 1993 West Green Pioneers and they got stomped in that championship game and uh, they've had a couple of semifinalist teams California comes to mind from a few years ago back in 2017 um, but Mapletown has a lot of pieces to make a run. Um, I don't think they get to the championship game because even if they get it to at least the semifinals, they still would have to face a Bishop Kedivan or Our Lady of the Sacred Heart team. But they're taking on Leechburg, who as a 13 seed, they're probably the best 13 seed in the WPIAL. But one problem, um, Braylon Lovelace, don't know if he's playing tonight. I will say this. If Lovelace plays, I'm picking Leechburg. But if he doesn't play, then you can have an argument for Mapletown getting the win. So, um, for now, assuming that Lovelace plays, I'm sticking with Leechburg in this one. But, um, obviously, that's contingent on if Braylon Lovelace even plays tonight. And the number 5-seeded Southside Rams take on the 12-seeded California Trojans. Um, see the argument that I made in the last game for Mapletown Leechburg. I think Southside wins pretty big in this one. Um, California is a good team, but um, Southside, I think, is one of the top-tier teams in Class 1A. On the opposite side of the bracket, Burgettstown the 7 versus Union the 10. This is another interesting matchup. Um, Union comes out of the Big Seven conferences and has had a surprise season, seven and three on the year. They're the third place team at four and two, and one of the better teams, I might add, in Class One A. And Burgettstown out of the Black Hills in that tie for third in the Black Hills Conference with Olsh and Fort Cherry. Burgettstown historically has been a very, very gritty team. Offensively, you know, no one really stands out per se. They don't have anyone over a thousand yards in any category. Um, for example, their leading rusher Brody Couser, six forty-eight. Uh, Sandre Lund, seven hundred nine passing yards. Caleb Russell, twenty catches, three hundred seven yards. Union does have Braylon Thomas, that dual threat for the Scotties, um, but. Whenever you get in the playoffs, you need more than one player to do uh, the damage. And in this one, I think Burgettstown gets a close win, um, one possession game. If not, like if it's a two possession game, it'll be a ten pointer. But I think Burgettstown wins in this one. To me, this next matchup is the closest matchup in one A, and it's the three and the fourteen. Greensburg Central Catholic 
versus Rochester. Rochester will always be in the conversation in Class 1A. I don't care if they're having a down year um, or if they're one of the top teams in Class 1A. This year, they're middle of the pack. Uh, they're fourth in the Big 7 with a 3-3 three and three record, 5-4 and four overall after losing a close one to Southside Beaver. Greensburg Central Catholic, though, having its best season in quite a long time. And this one is going to be much closer than I think the seedings would project. Um, I think GCC wins, but it's a one-possession game. And finally, in Class 1A, the 6-11, and 11, we have Fort Cherry taking on Manesson. And um, in this one, yeah, again, you can make the argument um, that or use the argument I just used against me for the Fort Cherry Manesson game, and that one player doesn't make or break a playoff run. But um, I don't think Manesson has the answer to that one individual, that being Matt Sig, and I think Fort Cherry wins fairly easily tonight to get into the quarterfinals. Class 2A first-round matchups. Firstly, it's the top two seeds getting by, so we have six first-round games this week. Up first, the 8-9 and nine matchup, McGuffey, the number 8, takes on the number 9 Mohawk Warriors. Um, I do think Mohawk plays in the best conference in Class 2A, that being the Midwestern Conference. At least from top to bottom, it's the most complete, I would say. But I think in the Midwestern Conference, Mohawk is middle to bottom tier, at least in terms of uh, the the standings this year. McGuffey this season, they come out of the Century Conference, third place team, and have played well. They came off of that rivalry win over Wash High, 43-24 last week, and again, the playoffs are all about who's playing well at the right time and momentum. And I think McGuffey has a ton of momentum right now. And the Highlanders, I think, win this one against Mohawk. Um, and in a game that will be decided by, let's say, two or three scores. The 4-13, and Nishanik takes on Burrell up in Lawrence County tonight. Nishanik has been in and out of the top five, or at least consistently in the top five uh, in Class 2A. They've been a sleeper team, only one loss on the season, that being the Beaver Falls. The offense has been spectacular, and Burrow this season um, has had a pretty good run. I will say that, but I think that run comes to an end tonight. Nishanik wins this one. The most intriguing matchup, the game I'm going to be watching out for the most in Class 2A, Sarah Catholic takes on Wash High, and um, both teams are kind of limping into the playoffs. It's just a matter of who's being beat up more. I would say that Wash High has a little bit more momentum, and here's why. Sarah Catholic had the undefeated season, at least in conference play, going up until the Apollo Ridge game, and then got upset by the Vikings. Now, Sarah's still the number two team in the Allegheny Conference and the defending WPIL champions. But Wash High, I'm kind of waiting for them to break out. Um, Wash High's offense has been very good. But the problem with Wash High is they've lost three of the last four games. And the only game they won was against Charleroi, who went 2-7 and seven and only scored about 10 points a game. Of course, losing to Keystone Oaks two weeks ago, which was a bit of a surprise, and since they lost to Keystone Oaks, it wasn't really much of a surprise that McGuffey got the win. Wash High, I think, has a little bit more momentum, but Sarah Catholic has played in closer games, per se. Uh, Apollo Ridge, yeah, they lost to them, but they went to overtime, at least. The Wash High games that they lost, 36 to Still Rocks, didn't even get on the scoreboard. Lost by two scores to Keystone Oaks, and kind of got blown out of the water by McGuffey, all things considered. Um, so, I like Sarah Catholic to win this one, but this will be a tight one. Now to the other side of the bracket, Ligonier Valley, the number seven seed, takes on the 10th seeded Western Beaver Golden Beavers. Um, Ligonier Valley, the tied for second in the Allegheny Conference, but the third place team overall in the Allegheny due to the head-to-head against Sarah Catholic, which the Eagles won 27-18. And Western Beaver, as I mentioned, was a better one of the better teams in the Midwestern Conference, but they ended up on the 
road side of things, at least for um, the playoffs. And here's something interesting that I found about Ligonier Valley. The Rams this year have had, um, historically, they've been very good at home, dating back to before they joined the WPIAL. This season at home, they're 1-3. and three. The three losses to Greensburg-Salem, Steel Valley, which everyone loses to Steel Valley, and Sarah Catholic, which most teams have lost to Sarah Catholic, and they won against Derry last week, 51-7. One and three at home. Western Beaver this season, um, as I mentioned, in tied for third, but have lost the last two games. Lost by 14 to Mohawk, lost by 34 to Beaver Falls, and um, that two-game losing streak, probably the culprit as to why Western Beaver is on the road this week. But I do think Western Beaver has the ability to snap out of it. Um, And I think the Golden Beavers will get the win on the road. Western Beaver is 4-1 in road games this season. Only loss was to Beaver Falls, which in conference play, everyone's lost to Beaver Falls. So not really hanging that uh, uh, against Western Beaver. But um, they do need to clean up the act, and I think Western Beaver... Gets the win. Stowe Rocks in Riverside, the 3-14. and 14. Uh, Stowe Rocks, I say, wins pretty big. Not really much reason to go into that game. And then Keystone Oaks versus Apollo Ridge. Uh, Keystone Oaks, kind of the surprise team in the Century Conference, despite dropping down from 3A to 2A. And Apollo Ridge, led by that bruising running game, led by Nick Kersey, they could potentially make some noise in 2A, but I think Keystone Oaks is the hotter team right now. Give me the Golden Eagles to win this one. Class 3A, top four get a bye, so we have four first-round games. The 8 and 9 features Mount Pleasant versus East Allegheny. Um, The Vikings come out of the Interstate Conference as the third-place team. East Allegheny is the also the third-place team out of the Allegheny 6, but Mount Pleasant comes out of the stronger section than East Allegheny. I do think out the Allegheny Six is the weakest conference in Class 3A, but there's still quality teams in there. East Allegheny is one of them. Um, I do think Mount Pleasant wins this one. However, I think this will be a one-touchdown game, and Mount Pleasant and Robbie Labuda get the win over East Allegheny. The 5-12, and 12, West Mifflin versus Southmoreland. The winner will play Freeports in the quarterfinals. Um, South Moreland wasn't really knowing what to expect this season, and the passing game has pretty much picked up where it left off last year. Um, this one's going to be a tight one. West Mifflin, another surprise team, even though dropping down from 4A to 3A, and that drop has really benefited the Titans. And I actually think this game could go into overtime. I do think it's that close. Um, but I'm picking West Mifflin to win this one. Again, in a tight one, however. Opposite side of the bracket, number two, Avonworth awaits the winner of number seven, Beaver, and number 10, Deer Lakes. Now, the Lancers in rare territory, they're seldomly in the in the WPIL playoffs, but they find themselves as the number 10 seed in the playoffs, coming out as the fourth-placed team out of the Allegheny Six. Beaver finished second. Um, at least in the Western Hills seating-wise, but tied for second with South Park and West Mifflin. Beaver finished in a tie for second in the Western Hills Conference, but finished as the second-place team uh, behind West Mifflin, who had more Gardner points, and then Beaver had the head-to-head over South Park. Um, Between these two teams, I think this one, even though it's a 7-10, I think this one has a chance to get ugly, and I think Beaver wins this one pretty handily. And then Shadyside Academy versus South Park is the 6 versus the 11. Winner will play Elizabeth forward in the quarterfinals. Shadyside Academy, um, 4-1 and one in conference play, but are 1-3 and three out of conference. Would not be surprised at all if South Park were able to pull this one off. But on the same token, South Park is also 1-3 and three in non-conference action. The Eagles started the year losing for the last five and winning for the last five to um, conclude the regular season. This one, I think, 
is in favor of Shady South Academy, but it's another close one between two teams that have really had a tale of two seasons. Shady South Academy is on a better streak right now. They've won the last four games and have only given up 22 points in those four games. So give me Shady Shot Academy thanks to a strong defensive effort. Class 4A, this is where it gets hairy. Um, the top three get a bye, so we have five first-round games. And we start things off with the 8 and the 9. Montour, the number 8 seed, takes on the 9-seeded Hampton Talbots. Um, Montour is playing its best football bar none right now. Started out the year pretty slowly. Um, the offense wasn't really in sync, and then the passing game really got going, and Montour capped the regular season with that big overtime win against West Allegheny to clinch a home playoff game. Uh, Hampton, we kind of figured would be in the conversation out of the greater Allegheny. They're a hard team to project, um, just because right now, you look at the last three losses, um, in those three losses, they gave up 19, 13, and 19 points. Those were to Armstrong, North Catholic, and Highlands. But Hampton has the ability to score a lot of points with Benny Hasselrig at wide receiver, Joey Mayer at quarterback. Um, I'm looking for a big game out of that, out of those two, uh, if Hampton wants a shot. Um, now, if Montour plays like how it did in the last few weeks, I think Montour wins by at least a score, if not two. But um, I think Hampton, something tells me Hampton's going to get the win here, and I don't know what it is. So uh, without any concrete evidence right now, I'm picking Hampton to beat Montour this week. The 4 versus the 13 has Armstrong taking on Blackhawk. Blackhawk, the wildcard team out of the Parkway, or at least the 5th place team, um, to come out of the Parkway Conference. Armstrong is the conference champion out of the Greater Allegheny. And it's kind of hard for me to believe that the the committee would have Thomas Jefferson as, the, as a higher seed than Armstrong, but, hey, there's a reason why... I'm, a, I'm calling games and being a podcaster, talking with Peel Sports rather than being on the panel itself. Um, so Armstrong and Blackhawk, I think Armstrong is a top 10 team in the WPIL period. And I think Armstrong wins pretty easily here. The 5 versus the 12, it's McKeesport versus Mars. Um, McKeesport coming off of that bad loss last week to Thomas Jefferson. Mars defensively has had some issues. Uh, they're giving up twenty, just about 25.5 points per game. So um, I think McKee Sports offense has a field day with that triple option, and the Tigers win this one pretty easily. Opposite side of the bracket, number two Central Valley has a bye. They take on the winner of number seven Laurel Highlands and number 10 West Allegheny. Not picking a winner because, again, affiliated with West Allegheny wouldn't be fair. But um, West Allegheny has played much better football to begin the season. I will say that. The last three weeks haven't really been what um, they kind of set the bar for themselves. They've only scored 43 points in the last three weeks, and they eclipsed 43 points three times already this season. If they play like how they have been the last three weeks, they're in trouble because uh, Laurel Highlands right now, they have one of the best seniors, if not the best senior football-wise in the WPIL, Rodney Gallagher, but they have some other weapons as well. Keandre DeShields is a great weapon receiver-wise at 6'4", 195. They got Antoine Black. They got Hunter Couser who picked off a ton of passes against Ringgold a couple weeks ago. Laurel Highlands has athletes, but if West Allegheny can come up with a game plan to limit the athletes that Laurel Highlands has, because I don't think, I think Laurel Highlands has better athletes per se, but if this game is going to come down to coaching. Um, whoever has the better game plan is going to win this game, and whoever can better execute that game plan will win. 
the number three seeded Thomas Jefferson Jaguars are off this week. They take on the winner of number six Highlands and number eleven Latrobe. Highlands has had a great season. There's no doubt about that. They were kind of the surprise team at a Class 4A, at least I would say. 9-1 overall, and only loss was to Armstrong in that shootout loss to the Riverhawks at home. Highlands does have the best defense in the Greater Allegheny Conference. Um, Latrobe dropping from 5A to 4A, and they squeaked in the playoffs, but that was because, well, they had McKeesport, LH, and TJ all ahead of them. Um... This one, though, is going to be a lot tighter than people think. This one, I'm putting on upset alert. I'm going with Latrobe to beat Highlands in a one-possession game um, over Highlands. I think this this could backfire, of course, but um, something tells me that Latrobe is going to get, finally get that playoff win and be able to face section foe Thomas Jefferson, who gave the Jaguars all they could handle earlier on in the season. Um, So give me the Wildcats to win this one. And then we move on to Class 5A. It's an eight-team bracket, so we have four games. Firstly, Bethel Park and North Hills, the one versus the eight. Uh, North Hills has kind of limped into the playoffs. The defense has been... Well, let's just say they've been better. 53 given up to Seneca, 34 to Franklin Regional, 47 to Pine Richland. I don't think Bethel Park is known as an offensive team, at least from whenever I saw them. It, what impressed me the most by them was the defense um, and the ability to run the ball down an opponent's throat. Their game isn't to score 50 points a game. It's to win the time of possession, control the ground game, control the line of scrimmage. And uh, I think Bethel Park wins that one pretty easily. They met in Week 0, and Bethel Park won 22-10. I'm expecting a more lopsided result this or tonight. The 4 versus the 5, however, is my game of the week in all the WPIAL. It is Gateway, the number 4, taking on Upper St. Clair, the number 5. This one has the potential to go either way. Um, Gateway has the talent to win the the 5A classification. I, I believe I said in my preseason rankings that they were going to win 5A, or at least they were my favorite. But I'm having second thoughts because of Gateway. They've had some lapses throughout the season. Um, losing to Franklin Regional was a head-scratcher. The only real blowout wins that they've had, Hempfield and Norwin. Now, yeah, Hempfield was easily the best that Gateway looked. Um, They got out to a big lead against Plum, but nearly blew that lead. And they got blown up by McKeesport. Okay, not a bad loss because McKeesport's really, really good. And lost to Central Catholic last week. Um, So I think Gateway should be doing better than they actually are doing right now. Um, While Upper St. Clair... 8-2, 8-2, and two, those back-to-back losses to Bethel Park and Kennemack um, kind of took USC out of the equation in the Allegheny Six Conference Championship. Bounced back in a big way, however, thumping South Fayette, eliminating the Lions from playoff contention. This one, again, I've said it before, and uh, it bears repeating, this one's going to go either way. Um, between these two teams, um, I think it's a... 24-16 game, Upper St. Clair gets the win. Um, USC right now, I think, is playing more cohesively, and they're playing more up to their potential. Gateway has the potential to win this game. Don't get me wrong, but I think Upper St. Clair is playing more as one, and I think the Panthers will win this one. Opposite side, number two, Pine Richland takes on number seven, Penn Trafford. Um, Pine Richland is on a roll. I've said it many, many times before. And their closest win, at least since week four, was the 11-point win over North Allegheny. Their second biggest win was against Woodland Hills, who we'll talk about in just a moment. Other than that, 47 against Fox Chapel, at least margin of victory. 22 against Central Catholic, 35 against Shaler, 47 against North Hills. 
Um, Penn Trafford kind of, they, they got into the playoffs and have a lot of momentum just based off of that one win against Franklin Regional. But um, I do think that Pine Richland is too much right now playing their best ball, and I think the Rams win tonight. And finally, the three versus the six. Franklin Regional, the surprise team out of Class 5A, takes on the six-seeded Woodland Hills Wolverines, um, who just got in with a 7-3 defensive win over Penn Hills last week, and that eliminated Penn Hills from playoff contention. Now, Franklin Regional is limping, I would say, after that loss to Penn Trafford last week, but Penn Trafford's in the playoffs. It'd be different if it were to a non-playoff team, such as Shaler. That's who Franklin Regional lost to earlier in the season. Don't forget the Panthers lost in Week 1 to Latrobe, 36-33. Woodland Hills, however, they've been kind of hot and cold. They've lost three of the last five games, even though winning against Penn Hills. Lost to Pine Richland, gave the Rams a good fight. Um, Beat Fox Chapel pretty good, which is expected. Lost on a last-second touchdown to Shaler and lost by 15 to Highlands. So Woodland Hills hasn't really had, at least in recent games, a bad loss. The only bad loss that I could think of was Penn Trafford, um, the 48-14 debacle to the Warriors. Another game, though, that I think could go either way, um, but I think Franklin Regional has the edge. I'm going Franklin Regional Let's say by two touchdowns. I think Franklin Regional wins this one, but in a game that's much closer than the score predicts. But that'll do it for this playoff preview edition. First round of the WPIAL football playoffs on the Whip You Whip Around in Pittsburgh Sports Now. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Ross, two underscores E-Y-E. And follow Pittsburgh Sports Now on Twitter at PGH Sports Now. I'm Brendan Rossi, and I'll see you next time.